The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Justin, what would your what would your Native American name be? Uh, it would be hung like buffalo. <laughs> probably squats with ass. Squats with ass. <laughs> That's probably more squats appropriate. With ass. Squats with ass. Squats with ass. You see that, Adams? You see the video of him spotting you? Wipes, wipes with leaves. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I just try to think of a Native American name. Smoke too much. No. <laughs> I, know, I did see the spotting video. Aren't you? Aren't you? Aren't you like you had Justin there to save you? Yeah, no, I, he had to bail me out there. I th- I thought I had another one in me. Nope, I, I was wrong. Did he? He did. It was like a full embrace. He kind of reached around. Yeah. No, he's actually he a really good spotter. Your, actually, where did he put yeah, his? He put see. his hands around your pecs. No, he didn't touch my pecs. Actually, oh, man, I, just, he, I gave him the old uh, crotch like forklift. Yeah, yeah exactly. Forklift. Yeah, it was like a forklift. It was very nice, actually. It was. He drove it's my he drove technique. my elbows up with his forearms. Yeah, and he but he got under me just right to where it felt his hips felt great on my hips, and then he got whoa, his forearms yeah right underneath my elbows. It was good. It was a good time. He gave yeah. me that that third the third <laughs> hook they call it in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> When I uh, yeah. I thought you're supposed to reach around and grab and put your hands on their chest and lift them mm. if it's a guy, obviously. Right. I that's how you're supposed to spot them. Seriously, like you reach around, you grab them, and then you come. Yeah, up. I guess that's a, you know that's a very that's, that's a, a good fun, funny. It depends topic. if he's falling I sp- forward. I've spotted I, people all different ways. If he f- was was leaning forward a lot, I would definitely would do that to try and brace him into me. Yeah. and drive up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he wasn't. <laughs> Just will squat you and the bar. Yeah, I was squatting with him to drive up. Like I was. No, I think that's a good. I think point. we invented a new out. lift. It's a, it's yeah. the two man lift. The two it's man. Exactly squat. what it is. We were doing the two man version. The yeah. two man yeah. squat. Yeah. Well, I think that I think uh, in different clients I would spot differently based of course, off of that. Women, yeah. I grab the bar. Yeah, I grab the bar. I always grab the bar, and typically it's because they're not squatting so much weight that I can't just lift it with my hands. Yeah. Mm. And also because uh, it's frowned upon in the fitness industry to reach around and grab a woman's chest and spot <laughs> it's her frowned well, in that way. Not know. always. Yeah. There's videos for like that tell me otherwise, but. Or you could do the under the crotch. So this just reminds me of a story. I just made that one up. This reminds me. So <laughs> you have a story? Yeah. Well, I was okay. I was twenty. Wait, wait, wait. It's story time with uh, story Adam. Time with the wizard himself. Well, I just Adam I, I just had this beautiful memory. Um, I, my girl's gonna be pissed at me for this one too. Uh, when I was like twenty one, I was a fresh guy. I was twenty one at best, maybe twenty even. Uh, when I just started as a trainer, I had this gorgeous blonde haired, blue eyed, just. Male supervisor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Gorgeous client. Uh, And she used to come in and she wore these tiny. She was older than you or younger than you? She was 28. Yeah, 26 or 28. She's about 16. That's a nice age difference when you're 21 and she's 28. Yeah, yeah. And she uh, she had she used to wear these. I mean, literally the shorts were this big, bro. They were three inches long. I mean, Mm. they were literally that long. And she had a smoking body on her, and she then she wore her just her sports bra, and wow, and, and we would literally like squat the whole hour, and I would I would I would totally spot her from her hips. No, you did. Oh, totally I from her hips. Yeah, <laughs> more bad like, advice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's such a bad way to. Oh yeah. God, it was so bad. And I remember all the guy, like the older guys inside the gym uh, when I'd be training. They would just be like shaking their head, looking the whole time, be like, "You dirty bastard! You're so lucky, dude." Because like, it was to me, it was, it, and you I, took it seriously, though. Oh yeah, it was I did it. In a, I did it in a profe- unprofessional, like professional way. Yeah. It. it was uh, a very unprofessional, professional way. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like every chance I could, I wasn't like yeah. uh, grabbing. Yeah, I, I was watching your form last time yeah. we squatted. Uh, your adductors are really tight. What we're gonna do is I'm gonna work at the insertion up at the pubic area and mm. just work our way down and loosen that up so you could squat a little better be real prof- <laughs> if you use big words it usually works yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it works we're yeah. um we're horrible right now listen if you're a trainer and you're listening <laughs> or you're letting go of your hand position yeah. you know, it's a little this, like it yeah this is why yeah, this is why none of us have a job slap. anymore yeah <laughs> 
the tr- the truth behind why we all left twenty four hour fitness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were fired. <laughs> we were all fired. We were fired so before they got an HR. I remember. I remember one time there was this. Uh, it just reminded me of a story. There was this uh, gay couple that used to work out at the gym. A couple guys and cool guys, but when they would work out. They would spot each other, and uh, I'll give you an example of how they would spot each other. Ooh, I want to picture this. Let's Here's this. an exercise that you don't normally need to spot someone on, a cable row. There's no need to fucking spot a cable row. I don't need to get... But this dude would get behind right. his boyfriend, and they'd both be on the fucking cable row bench, <laughs> <laughs> and his legs would be around the... Like, like behind the other guy's legs. So they're like one, you know, tandem, right? And, yeah. he would, and he'd be behind him, yeah. reaching around and help him do the lift. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, That's dude. That's fucking awesome. That's uh, how he'd fucking spot him, dude. Oh, I would die. That's a good one, bro. I don't yeah. think I've seen that before. Yeah. You know that reminds me of that cartoon, the biggest gay duo, the biggest gay duo, yeah. and then they're like, you know, form, and then they, yeah. they form this like one unit person, and then, <laughs> and then they jump into their dick car. So you, yeah, I saw that. It's That's awesome. You didn't. You never worked at Capital McKee, did you? No. Okay, so when Gangland. I when I was there, there was this gay guy, and he was he was an older gay guy, and he used to pick up on me all the time. And I was this is I'm only like in my early twenties, <laughs> and the way and he he did the same. Oh, thing. you are a dream boat, stupid, stupid well, dude. You are a dream boat, and he'd do it the same way though every day, right? Because he and he knew he knew. How he, would he pick up on it? He would yeah. he would ask. Did like, you sell him training? Like, no. Oh, hey disappointed. There, That's and and you know me like the competitive side of me. I'm just like I'm gonna get him one of these days. You know, and yeah. little I know. I'm That's tw- what he's thinking. Yeah, right, exactly. That's and then exactly like that. It was like this closing game between the two of us. I'm like I'm gonna sell this motherfucker training. And he's like he's, he's I'm like, say like some I'm dick. gonna get him to come fly off to Vegas with me because that was what he what he would do is he would find an exercise or something that he needed help on or he needed someone to show. And I was always the first trainer to go over and try and show someone what to do something on the floor because it was always an opportunity. So, of course, you know, and he would come around. And I, my, I knew he was, a, he was a lawyer, so I knew he had money. So I knew he could afford personal <laughs> training. And I knew he liked my time. So I'm like, this motherfucker is going to pay for this. And I could never sell him. I swear to God, I never did. And this happened to me probably a 100 times. He did oh, this to man. me. He like, called me over. And uh, I'll never forget this guy. And he, and he had this really bad toupee, really bad toupee, probably uh early 50s late 40s uh lawyer guy and just it was so obvious he was gay because after he i get advice is that he'd be super thankful that and that and then he would always find a way to like throw in like hey find out to vegas next week and stuff like that if you want to go man just uh go out there for a couple days yeah, stuff like yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all nonchalant yeah, you know, and i'm yeah. like oh yeah that'd be fun that'd be kind of really just cool. have one room but <laughs> yeah. it, it's like one of those it's, it's is like college right yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you that's know, kind of a crash. weird invite we don't know each yeah. other outside the gym and you know the... bring your jammies yeah. <laughs> am i am i the <laughs> only one am i the only one in here that gets extremely flattered when i get hit on by a gay dude i get uh, i get super yeah, flattered it's super flattering except when it's like real descriptive like i had this one time this guy's walking down the street and he's like you know like oh my god you have a gorgeous face you know i'm just like oh thanks you know <laughs> and, then, and he started touching my eyebrows and he was telling me that like oh my god but you have to do something about all you know all this right here all my like <laughs> unibrow and he's like giving me all these like fucking you know hygiene tips and i'm like bro i get it thank you i'm, I'm good <laughs> you, know, you know what he's thinking he's like he's that gay guy and he looks like he's like oh so he's such a project he's a perfect fixer-upper yeah, yeah. i'm totally a project <laughs> I had and I was like, I, could clo- I could close him, you know. So we went to uh, flattering, but no thank. You. We were in Vegas for a bachelor party, and uh, we were at uh, the Hard Rock, and we were there to see Tiesto. He's a he's a EDM DJ. It was fucking awesome, right? So, and we had this roped off area. We had paid for this this uh, this table, and we're partying. We're having a great time, and we're dancing. And I'm I'm in you know various states of uh, inebriation. And uh, I there's a there's a guy he's dancing he's like right fucking behind me right and we're in our roped off area so it's not packed where we are now it's packed everywhere else was he but, slithering like hips first but where we are it's there's space and this dude's like dancing right behind me right so I look yes. back over my shoulder and he's got this smile and he's like huh uh-huh, uh-huh. He's doing this kind of thing and I'm and I'm like and look I am impo- it's impo- it's almost impossible to offend me I'm super so secure with myself that. It did, nothing bothers me. So I look back at him and I kind of smile back like, hey, what's up, man? It's pretty cool, right? And he's like, yeah, oh, that's yeah. green light, bro. Yeah, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's real cool. It's real yeah. cool. It's getting real cool. So I turn back around, right? Yeah. And I kind of take two steps forward to give him a little space because he's dancing, right? <laughs> this fucker's right on my shit again, right? Oh, yeah. So I turn around again and I'm kind of- the heat. Now I'm kind of giggling. I'm laughing a little bit. giggling? Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing because like I'm like over your shoulder, like oh yeah. god. I'm, I'm like, laughing, like playing hard to get. Bro, he's just like, oh, this is a spicy. That one. was not the word you were looking bro, for. I, I'm, <laughs> bro, 
I'm I looked back over my shoulder and I giggled. Yeah. <laughs> I just giggled a little. So bit. I so I look back right, and I'm kind of laughing. I look back. You know, you're giggling. Let's and he's still right. he's still there, and I kind of laugh a little bit, giggle, laugh, giggle, whatever, giggle. same thing. Yeah. Keep going, keep going. And he he's doing that face again, like. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Right, so I so I so I looked at him and I waved my finger like no, like no no no, no. like it's not like I'm not that guy. Wait a second, bro. You look yeah. back over your first. You smile. You look back. Yeah. You giggle, and now you give him the finger. Him no, the, no 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 right. no. You are a tease. Right. Yeah. You are now a tease. in hindsight. In this hindsight, big tease. this means try harder. Yeah, he's exactly right. In, right. in gay, it means like, try harder. Right. Like, it's not happening on this dance floor. So in <laughs> not on this I'm, dance floor. I'm not that kind of boy. Yeah. But don't be naughty. Room number. So I look. So now listen. Now that I'm looking back in hindsight, I realize that I'm completely like I'm not being clear. Yeah. So I think it's, I'm being clear. It's mixed for me. But again, keep in mind, I'm having a good time. I'm super fucking hammered. It's like whatever. So I take another two steps forward. This fucker gets. Now he didn't just like pinch my ass. He went like full on like middle of the ass under crotch. Big old grip. Yeah, dude. Like to the point where I lifted one of my legs. Right. Whoa. Like whoa. So I turned around and looked at him, and wow. now I'm in this. I'm in there with a bunch of you know, bunch of dudes, right? And you know how some guys, you know, some guys can be assholes, and I'm not. I don't feel threatened by the guy. I mean, I could. He's not gonna. He's not gonna assault me, but I can see some of the other guys with me are like, Ooh, you want me to fight? You know? So I took this guy aside. I said, "Listen, I said, it's not." I said, "Listen, bro, I'm not like that. Uh, you know, I'm not into you, whatever, married, whatever." Here's my room number. I said, uh, <laughs> "I said, but you might want to leave now." I said, "You, you yeah. just totally grabbed yeah. my ass," and some other guys don't respond the same, so we left. But yeah, I'll never forget that. Fucking, yeah. Yeah, I need to be more clear. Either. I need to be more clear. I shouldn't giggle and wave my finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, there is. Yeah. You know what? I can I, see I'm that. Sure there was a wiggle in there somewhere. Yeah. Too. The hips just. <laughs> I was like, don't, don't get confused with my boner. It's not hey. for you. Oh god, it's not for you. I'm you are too this. nice. Of I guys. walk around like that. This yeah. is what you know. What I've been telling you, you're too nice of a guy. Sometimes you gotta have a little more asshole on you. Because- I don't, listen, whatever. What's the word? What happened? You grab my ass. Big deal. Yeah. So yeah. what? I didn't feel threatened. You know what I mean? He's probably masturbated to you at least four or five times by now. That's all right. It's flattering. I don't want to watch it, but that's cool. Yeah. It's, not, it's all good. It's all it's like good. The one that teased. So we should probably talk about fitness now. I want to ah, talk about a subject that Adam last... had fucking interrupted me last time. Oh, yeah. What was it? Muscle imbalances. Oh, when I told you I want to talk about supplements. I was Let's like, all right. talk about muscle imbalances. Actually, you know what? I don't want to talk about that. What I want to talk about is... See, I knew it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, let's talk about muscle imbalances because we get a lot of questions on this, dude. No, no. It's a great topic. Yeah. We great get a topic. lot of questions on muscle imbalances. And, you know, uh, I was thinking about this the other night. And I'm like, God, you know, there's so many different imbalances, some common ones that we see all the time that we can go over. But how can I... Uh, present information that is makes sense and applies to all the imbalances. You know what I mean? I'm looking for like the the theory to unite all theories or the 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 concept that will get someone to understand how to approach any muscle imbalance. And then it came to me the other night. The cliff notes. It came to me the other night. And here's what it is. When you observe a joint in the body, because muscle imbalances cause pain because they cause joints to move improperly. Which then changes, you know, which solidifies a particular recruitment pattern, which can cause inflammation and tightness and a whole host of problems. But really, if you boil it down and you look at how each joint is supposed to move, mm-hmm. ultimately, it doesn't matter what the imbalance is. Your goal is to get the joint to move the way it should. And so the, the solution is typically the same for almost any muscle imbalance. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that make sense well, what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you got to start with. Uh, the blueprints, you know, it's the is the bone structure. It's the way that your body, you know, all the levers like uh, it's how everything interacts. And then you have to assess like that portion of it and see where it's most optimal. And now you're making your micro adjustments to address specific areas of the body that you could see, you know, are not going to be optimally moving and in good biomechanics yeah, because it came to me because I was a lot of people come to me with shoulder problems. That's one of the more common ones. And there's, you know, like bicep tendon inflammation. You can have mm-hmm. shoulder impingement. You could have uh, issues with the internal, external rotators or what people say the rotator cuff. And for all of those, if the shoulder moved in unison with the scapula, because people don't realize that the shoulder blade has a big role in how the shoulder moves. And usually the imbalance comes from the scapula not moving the way you want it to. Either it stays shrugged or rolled forward. And it causes uh, dysfunction in the shoulder joint. And so the solution typically is bring the shoulder blade back and down. Bring the shoulder blade back and down. Get the shoulder blade to sit back and down and to w- because the issue usually is the opposite of that. 
And that's the fix for most of these shoulder problems. Mm. So if you have shoulder pain, um, the solution tends to be the same for a lot of them. It tends to be do exercises and focus on pulling the shoulder blades back and depressing them and bringing them down. And then if the shoulder blade will get in the way when you're protracted like that, when you're just trying to go through a normal range of motion, your shoulder is capable of. It has to have that open availability for it to move properly. And so if the shoulder blade itself, if that's causing that friction from actually getting you into proper positioning, it's going to stress everything out around that joint. It does. And if you look at like, okay, uh, what muscles are tight that are preventing this from happening? then what I'm going to do is I'm going to do deep tissue work or stretching on those tight muscles. And then what muscles are weak um, that are preventing it from getting into the proper position? Okay, I'm going to strengthen those muscles. And that's kind of it. That's really kind of it. And the second thing that I realized, and a good friend of mine put it in just eloquent words, and it's that uh, proximal stability increases distal uh, mobility. In other words, um, look to the center of the body and move out. Um, and you'll typically find your solution. So if I have like a distal joint, because the shoulder joint is relatively proximal, it's 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 a, it's attached to the torso, right? Mm-hmm. But if we move down the body, like if I look at the knees, then let's go more proximal. Let's go more in inside the body. I go to the hips. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you guys a question: How often do you guys see almost always from the hips? Yep. Knee problems yep. oh, yeah. always always come from the hips, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So really, it would be about um, increasing mobility. Um, and functionality in the hips, and that solves a good portion of the problem in the knee. How do you feel then, too? Because I've I've also heard like a difference as far as like a focus um, addressing the feet and really like how the mechanics are with the feet and the alignment and like uh, the arches and uh, all these like minute details of the feet and like figuring out a way to address that, which is then gonna. Um, affect the knees and the hips as a result on their own. Well, that's that's an excellent uh, excellent topic. Here's the thing with the feet. Um, first of all, very complicated. Well, it's the most the more there's more nerves yep. in the feet than anywhere else, correct? Uh, there's more there's bones. There's lots of muscles, lots of stable lots muscles, of little tiny bones. Yeah, it's I what connects you bones. to the floor, and it's the and it's the point where everything wraps around each other, right? When you think about it, we're completely connected everywhere. Everything's connected. A lot of right. people don't really understand that. That every I mean, every bit and that of that a problem one place can cause a problem. Yeah. Somewhere Absolutely. Else. So I'm I'm a firm believer in you know, and you have people that have that craft and that art to be able to touch a foot and feel it and feel where it their imbalances in the feet mm-hmm. and how it's relative to the body you know there's people that are trained to be able to do that and say touch your feet and go like oh and i don't know if you've ever experienced that or not i have i've been to i've been to doctors that can do that where he'll touch a part of my foot and be like oh and then all of a sudden he'll be on my back mm-hmm. you got a problem right here and like and then all of a sudden open something up or move me in a certain way and I, i'm like oh my god that feels so how you saw that in my feet what the fuck did you see that in my feet Mm-hmm. And there's parts of the feet that are supposed to correlate with parts of the body. So well, it's, it makes perfect sense. Look, yeah. you take a car and you take one of your tires and make it off road. You know what I mean? Just change yeah. one of the tires, yeah. see how you drive. Yeah. I mean, it's not that different, right? Yeah, you got to adjust all. No, it's a great. That's a great point. It affects everything from like, from the screw that's inside yeah. the trunk, the right? Fenders, the screw that's inside the trunk everything. gets loose because of that. You know exactly. So when it comes to the feet, here's here's the way we look at it. Our, our bodies evolved uh, to be barefoot. So I'm not I'm not going to recommend everybody go barefoot. But what I am saying is that um, if if you do walk around a lot barefoot, or if you exercise in shoes with minimal stability, like uh, flat soled mm-hmm. shoes, if you lift weights in flat soled shoes, you're more likely to strengthen the muscles uh, in the foot, which is going to give you more support. The problem I have a lot of times with correcting with the way people correct imbalances in the feet is they use uh, like lots of crutches. So like, oh, we need yeah. to give you this with more arch, or we got to give exactly. you this with and. Um, they don't treat it like a muscle. They treat it like uh, an ailment that they need to cast and immobilize. And immobilize. Right? So they're trying to immobilize mm-hmm. the, the the problem or the pain area. But what they're doing is, in a sense, is teaching the, the muscles to atrophy into that position uh, by cushioning it. Oh, dude, do you have any idea how weak and pathetic our feet are mm-hmm. compared to what they're supposed to be? Do you have any idea? Have you ever seen pictures of... <clears throat> well, think of our hands. I mean, they the dexterity there we have a lot more dexterity in our in our feet than we give them credit for well have you ever seen pictures of the feet of like people that live in tribes that live you know that walk barefoot uh-huh. they look way fucking different than our feet yeah. our our feet are are because we wear shoes since we're you know we can walk our toes are squished together usually toes are spread apart feet look wider 
they're very muscular and they have very thick pads on the bottom. The soles are very thick. Um, so there's a lot that goes into training and strengthening the foot and, and correcting those imbalances. And for the sake of time, I mean, first of all, I'm not an expert in correcting feet imbalances. And number two, that is such, that is a science all by itself. Yeah. Yeah. I that just, is, yeah, I, I know that like uh, there's a couple trainers I do respect in the, in the industry. One of them I think is in England and, um, they have a whole assessment protocol revolving around the feet and they deal with a lot of runners and, um, you know, athletes and such, but, um, it, it, it's just interesting to me that they would focus on that first and foremost as like their sort of, uh, uh, gauge and their, their, their level of like what's affecting everything versus I've also heard hips, you know, and like you said, like working, uh, uh, proximal and, yeah. and distal, uh, and, and kind of, uh, getting that sort of figured out. Exactly, because if you look at it this way, if you've if you've worn shoes, you guys remember the whole barefoot uh, trend that it's kind of over now. But for a while, people were like, no, I still I still see it. They were running barefoot and stuff still, like that. I still got a lot. I still got a lot of people coming to the gym. It right. takes it takes. Uh, is running barefoot better than running with shoes? Yes, if that's how you've always if you were if you if you've never worn shoes, it's superior. Unfortunately, all of us have worn shoes since we could walk. So going trying to go run barefoot, it's going to take you like five to ten years. Yeah before you can do it properly without hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. That being said, if you've always worn shoes like most of us have, then you're probably better off looking at joints like the hips, which don't have, don't, you're not wearing a hip brace your whole life. Uh-huh. So the hips you can work with a little differently. You know what I'm saying? Um, and strengthen and increase mobility. And that uh, affects all the distal joints like the knees. Um, the knees are, you know, uh, when it comes to imbalances in the knees, they're not as, inc- they're not as common as imbalances in the hips. The real imbalance of the knees is when I'll see quad dominance. That's the more common one, right? Where you get mm-hmm. someone whose quadriceps are really strong and tight and they've got weak, you know, uh, hips, uh, hamstrings and glutes. Well, it also has to do with the, the complexity of those those areas too. The complexity of the hips uh, in comparison to the knees too. There's so many more moving parts and stuff and that, that the hips can do in comparison to what the knee can do, you know? Right. You know, the knee's got flexion extension. That's it. You've got rotation involved in there with your, your hip joints, stuff like that. So there's a lot more uh, room for air, a lot more room for uh, not training it properly and strengthening it like you should in all planes, like we've talked about before. Well, isn't it, isn't it most common? It's like the supporting cast of, uh, of ligaments around it, right? Like your, uh, going left to right and getting, um, you know, uh, the LCL or MCL, uh, as opposed to ACL, uh, injuries and tears. Cause, um, you know, like that's, that's something that, um, takes a lot more stress. Uh, and I see a lot more common. I don't know if that's true though, like as far as like a, a numbers perspective, but I feel like there's a lot more, um, ligament injuries. Well, the knee, the knee ligament, the ligaments in the knee are designed to keep it uh, from doing anything other than flex and extend. Mm-hmm. So the knee doesn't, it doesn't flex laterally. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't rotate um, because the ligaments, you know, the meniscus and the PCL and ACL and the lateral ligaments, they keep the knee from doing everything but flex and extend. Mm-hmm. The flexing, the, 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 all the other movements come from the hip. Mm-hmm. So if the hip has tightness or weakness, then those ligaments have to be, have to, apply much more f- strength to keep that knee together. Yeah. And if that hip isn't mobile or flexible, then that's what's going to snap. So like I'll give you an example. In, in, uh, in, in, in submission wrestling or Brazilian jiu-jitsu, there's a submission called a heel hook. And if you don't know what that is, you could Google heel hook, and it's, a, it's, a quite, it's quite a common uh, submission in, uh, in MMA and in, in submission wrestling. And what you're doing is you have the – you're twisting the leg in this position. You're twisting it from the heel. And a lot of times people will feel pain in the ankle. Um, but the reality is when you get injured, it's the knee that tears. Mm-hmm. Um, the knee doesn't tear when you have really flexible hips. And sometimes, every once in a while, you get these really flexible people whose hips can really rotate and people will apply a heel hook on them and they'll twist the shit out of their leg. Yeah, so the force doesn't stop right there. It doesn't the knee, stop at the knee. It goes all the way through. Yeah, yeah, the hip can rotate. So like me... I'm fucked because I have really bad internal rotation. Yeah. With, when it you comes know, to that's that. what I was thinking. Like that's why I was thinking the ACL would be less common, right? Because it's it is not in line more with the actual hinging. Uh, it takes a lot more blunt force and trauma um, to to injure that. In, well, it's in also opposition. bigger and stronger too than yeah. the yeah. other ones. Yeah, too. bigger and stronger yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, I think you see ACL. I mean, it's kind of complicated, but I think you see a lot of ACL tears because of, especially in girls, because of the angle of the hip, mm. hip to knee. 
also sports involve a lot of stopping and starting. Yeah. And that's where you get the that. Decelerating. Where yeah. Boom. It, it's, it's abrupt. And again, that's the hips. Yeah. Again, if the hips were really good at decelerating. That's true. Um, then you wouldn't have those issues. Look at the rotator cuff. Mm-hmm. You know, rotator cuff tears, right? You have all these powerful, big, strong muscles that accelerate your arm when you say throw a punch or when you throw a baseball, right? Lots. You've got your lats, your pecs. You've got all these powerful muscles accelerating the arm. What decelerates the arm? What slows that 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 spin, that rotation on the humerus? It's those rotator muscles. Mm. And those rotator muscles many times are nearly as strong as those big accelerating muscles. Right. So unless you strengthen them, right. That's you're, why it's imperative. Yeah. You're asking for trouble, right? Yeah, they they do all those specific drills because it is a it's a very interesting muscle group to target. You have to have a very specific range of motion to address that. So um, yeah, that's one. That's that's a very good point for athletes to to know that you know know where your your weak points are in the mechanics of what you're doing, whether it's you know kicking a soccer ball and like decelerating you know your momentum with that, or you know it's throwing a baseball, throwing a football. You know you want to understand your body on that level, so that way when you go into your training, you really build up your support system. I've seen really really big strong guys. Um, do something as simple as throw like a snowball. Well, I was just going to tear the freaking. I was just going to say, you know, yeah. you're relating to that. I was going to relate back to the you, us talking about the knee and the hips. Is you know, this is why it's so important to squat and deadlift too, because a lot of people neglect those. And you could have these great quads yeah. and hamstrings from all these isolated oh, big movements, decelerating muscles. This yeah. is your whole posterior chain. Yeah, yeah. and the, and you're not doing no squats or no deadlifts. Like you got some weak ass hips. You might have some quad. Yeah, sure, you can build some quads. Like you know, Jay Swoles. You can do that. You can build some quads on leg extensions all day long, but you got some weak ass hips. You're just asking for it, you know. Yeah. Well, they uh, uh, if you were to if you were to really boil it down to the more common things that we probably see uh, in personal training, I would say um, strengthen work, strengthen the function of the scapula, the shoulder blades to come back and down. Mm-hmm. That's one. Strengthen hip extension. That's two. Three would be hip mobility in general. And then uh, four would be um, to work on core stability uh, independent of the hip flexors. Mm-hmm. So hip flexor dominance is so common also because people are always sitting down. Yeah. If you do those things right there, you tend to eliminate most of the problems that we see as personal trainers when mm-hmm. people are coming into the gym, right? Because there's a lot of back pain, a lot of chronic back pain that comes from uh, tight hip flexors. Yeah, people well, you see that. You see, yeah, the the arch, the excessive arch. You see, just them trying to stand up straight. Uh, they're going to have to compensate when it's really short like that. So either they're going to arch their back, or either they're going to bring their you know shoulders forward to kind of address that and like get in a more comfortable position. Um, so that's where we look for all these little compensations because that that sort of brings us down to yeah, it's your hip flexor. This is pulling everything down. Yeah, people don't realize that there's a hip flexor that attaches it uh, to the lower spine. So there's a hip flexor called the psoas, and it's, it, there's a P that starts, uh, the beginning of the word is with P, so it's P-S-A-O-S, <coughs> iliopsoas, but you could just Google psoas and you'll find it. And it's yeah, a hip don't flexor. Google sore ass. Don't, look, don't <laughs> Google sore ass. We don't want to see a picture of Adam. No. But the, <laughs> just kidding, the, 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 the psoas muscle attaches at the femur and it goes through the body and attaches at the lumbar spine. And if that muscle is tight or overworked, you will feel pain You're in the back. lower back. Super and, common. Yep. And it's so fucking common, and people don't realize that it's a hip flexor that's causing the problem. Now, how do we fix that? Well, if we do a lot of leg raises and uh, regular sit-ups, guess what we're doing? You're shortening it even more. You're making the hip yeah. flexor. You're making the so, the psoas. You're overworking it yeah, you're even more. strengthening that, how it's already yeah, it's already aligned for that. And that's, where, that's when I said you want to strengthen the core independent of the hip flexor. So a, a good way to do that. Anytime you want a muscle to relax is you flex the opposing muscle. So if you were to get into a crunch position, uh, let's say you're on the floor with your legs elevated, place your heels on something and lift your butt off the floor by pushing down into the bench with your heels and that'll activate your glutes just a little bit. You just yeah. want to hover them above the floor. Once the glutes are activated, the hip flexors will relax and then do your crunches like that. Mm. And what you're going to do is you're going to teach the body to stabilize with the core without having to rely so heavily mm-hmm. on the hip flexors. Mm. The last thing you want to do are leg raises. In that particular position. Yeah. And by the way, a leg raise, the first half of the movement 
is very little core. It's all hip flexor. That's it's funny. the last half of the movie. It's a good you, differentiation you, between what people commonly think as lower back pain equals I need to strengthen my core, right? right. And then that just that distinction alone, knowing that like hip flexors are going to be very much involved because they're probably way overactive, uh, doing your crunches, doing your leg raises, doing these things. They're, you're 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 worsening the the issue here. Well, you we get a lot of people too that they only feel it in their neck because of, because of that too. And the, I was listening to the way you explain it because I explain it a little bit different. I actually will have uh, I'll have them focus on their low back and they'll have this natural arch because of that because they're tight in that position for sure. They're going to have a pelvic tilt, mm-hmm. and then I, I have them focus on actually pressing the spine against the against the ground and just that. Oh, alone, they're on their back, yeah, why flattening because that automatically gets the yeah. gets the spine to extend like that right out just by them and activate their core right away. And then you barely got to move or crunch or move your knees or legs at all, and you're getting good contraction and core core work. Versus, you know, focusing on you, you know, sitting up or crunching too much or creating some movement that you saw on IG, you know. It's mm-hmm. amazing, too, because the exercises that everybody does in the gym when they go on Instagram or, you know, they read a muscle magazine, they're like, oh, this is what I need you to build to build muscle. This is what everybody will do. Bench press, lat pull downs, leg raises. Yeah. Those, by the way, are the three worst exercises to do for what we just talked about. If you have forward shoulder, which most people do, that's a common imbalance. The last thing you want to do is bench press and do lat pull downs. You're just going to make it worse. Yeah. Uh, if you have back pain because of tight hip flexors, the last thing you want to do are leg raises. And you know, and I know why people do leg raises. They think it hits the lower abs. Does, mm-hmm. That doesn't exist. You can't do that. Um, so what they what, what should they do? They should loosen the chest. It's okay to bench press, but only do so with good scapular retraction in the bench press, kind of yeah. like a power lifter does. Yeah. And then instead of doing a lat pull down, do a really light row and focus on that that shoulder back position. Yeah. And, and like I said, mentioned before, like uh, with isometrics, like I, I'll use that to really focus on that's the issue, right? So if it's my hip flexor, I want to open that up and hold in a isometric pose. This is where like, yeah, yoga does have, you know, some, some great uh, effects for this. If it's the kind of uh, yoga where we're going to hold and contract our body in these poses and positions, um, but then also like adding other things like how to recruit proper muscles with that, like saying and crunching in an isometric pose. Like, so this is, these are all just good techniques to kind of take your body out of these, uh, uh, imbalances. Well, it's, it, it all, it's all about prioritizing, right? Like, so, uh, those that follow me already on, uh, Instagram, you know, right now I'm in the middle of transitioning I'm going through our maps performance program. And it now my focus shifts. You know, I, I go from being aesthetic driven and caring about you know lifting more weight, building more muscle, being more aesthetic, to now I'm still doing a lot of the similar movements. There's a, a lot of similar movements that we use in all the, that are foundational that are not going to go away. But now the focus becomes different. So like Sal saying about a bench press. So you know, so if someone who cares more and is trying to prioritize mobility and feeling good and overall health and balance in their body then your focus, the weight and how strong you are goes out the window. Your range of motion that you move becomes far more of a priority than your ability to put up another 10 pounds. And you would be better off dropping the weight and taking something through full range of motion or incorporating a dynamic flexibility exercise within it or a mobility exercise like we do in performance intertwined with it that's going to help take the body through full range of motion and focus on that. So That's a great point because I'll tell you something right now. Uh, what's better to go heavier with a shortened range of motion or to go lighter with a fuller range of motion? Yeah. Lighter, full yeah, range second. of motion for sure. Lighter, fuller range of motion. Write that down. If you're listening right now, if you're stuck on how much weight you're lifting and you're like, I can't, you know, I don't want to go lower in my squat because then I can't go as heavy or I don't want to do a fuller range of motion with my shoulder press. Let me tell you something about, uh, about that. I'll, I'll use myself as an example for a long time. I would shoulder press and I would bring the bar down to about nose level like i'd come down about ear or nose I did level. that for years and i could lift a shit ton of weight like that yeah i could do over 225 like that yeah for a long time right yeah and uh when i would try and go all the way down it would hurt my shoulder so i'm like i can't go all the way down it hurts my shoulder that's why i only go down to my nose well it you know i had to check my ego and go way fucking lighter and start working on that full range of motion with lighter weight and i'm sure it doesn't look as impressive in the gym but over time i got way better development from it and my shoulders are way healthier oh, yeah. as a result. Yep. This is how you should approach all your exercise. And when it comes to correctional exercise, your approach is not to progress with weight. Your 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 entire approach should be to 
get the muscles to fire the way you want them to. Yeah. And if you're training and correcting a, a recruitment pattern, you're not going to be able to use a lot of weight at all because the second you use any weight that's challenging, your body will revert. revert yeah, to it, those patterns that you've established. It'll always choose most efficient. The, yeah, it'll always choose the easiest path. And the easiest path is the one that it's best at, which is that improper right. recruitment pattern. And so what ends up happening is you end up strengthening that wrong, that incorrect yeah. Recruitment Keep pattern. that signal super loud. Well, exactly. We're what trying about, to turn it down. Exactly what you said about the psoas. You know, you would think a lot of right away, someone who has low back pain thinks they should be working on the abs. They go over and they start doing the leg raises or knee raises on the Roman chair or whatever and have no idea they're just worsening an issue because they're just tightening up that hip flexor. Yeah, yeah your approach has to be if you're looking for longevity or even if you're just looking for maximum development, um, you got to, it's really an ego check, I think, um, a lot of times. I mean, um, you know, if I like a lot of times I'll do a, a lift like a bench press and, and, you know, I've had shoulder issues in the past. I think I have a slightly separated acromioclavicular joint on my right side. And the problem comes about at the bottom of the lift and as I go through from bottom to mid range. And so I've lightened the weight and I've paused. Now I do pause bench press at the bottom. And I'm trying to strengthen that position mm-hmm. as I move through that. And lo and behold, I have to, of course, I have to go much lighter. So if anyone's looking at me bench press, they're like, wow, he's only lifting, you know, 185 pounds or 200 pounds. But it's getting stronger in that position. It's starting to feel better. And uh, I'll be able to add more weight later on. And then, of course, I have longevity. Right. So really, your approach uh, with exercise has to be that way. You have to kind of check your ego a lot of times at the door. I've lightened my weight uh, many times because I've gotten really strong. And then I've recognized that, mm, you know, my form's it's a lot. It's not the best yeah, way to, to move it. It's not. You know what I've, you know what I've done recently? Mm. I've uh, eliminated my weight belt. I'm mm. not lifting with my weight belt anymore for a while. Amen. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I haven't in like ten years. <laughs> because yeah, so when I deadlift, I'll always use my belt right when I get to 400, 450 pounds. Up until then, I won't wear a belt, right? Mm-hmm. But my my PR is going up, mm-hmm. right? Shouldn't my beltless lift also go up? Yeah. But it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I feel uncomfortable. Anything over 400, 450 pounds with a with a belt, I don't feel comfortable. So I had to do an ego check, and I had to say to myself, look. If my fucking PR is going to go up on my belt, then my PR and my lifts are going to go up without my belt too. And so I've eliminated my belt and I've dropped the weight yeah. way down and I'm bracing my core, retraining the way my uh, my recruitment pattern happens. And I know ultimately in a few weeks that my belt PR is going to go up. Yeah. I've, done this with, I've done this with my squat too. I don't feel comfortable squatting over 350, 330, 350 pounds without a belt. Well, guess what I'm doing? I've took the belt off. And I'm just doing reps with 315. It's interesting. It, it reminds me of, um, and I know like this is like, I don't know, controversial because like people don't like the way uh, these trainers train animals and stuff and like circuses and stuff like this. But I just thought of this because, you know, for, for elephants, like they would tie them to, you know, like a stake or something that like would hold them. And uh, just them doing that constantly um they didn't have to ever again like put it around um oh they would use a real they, skinny they would, string afterwards. they would condition them yeah to uh the, in their mind that it was always you know it was the same thing and i just feel like we we get ourselves in that sort of a rut where uh you know we have this sort of block we have this this bench this thing in front of us that we've always well this is i get to this point and then this is where i'm at you know and then it just becomes that that response that even your mind is going to play into uh, with your muscles. Oh, I guarantee you part of it's mental. And I guarantee you part of it is my recruitment patterns change when I get to a certain weight. I know it. Mm-hmm. I, I my, my, my core braces and pulls in up until I get to a certain weight. And then it wants to push out because it's used to having the belt, the belt there to provide that external yeah. stability. So I can't wait to wear a belt oh. like two months from now. Well, that's why I know it's I'm going to be stronger. Yeah, it's fun that we've been experimenting a lot more too <laughs> with how to amplify our central nervous system, how to really like improve this response, like uh, going into just you know your your normal workouts. Like for me, I've really been uh, experimenting a lot with it. It's made a huge difference. And like I'm just like you, I've been cutting weight a lot of weight down. I'm not posting like fancy like PRs on on, on Instagram, and that's definitely a check for me because it's like I don't want I don't want to put this up there if it's not like a ton of weight, you know. <laughs> and then I'm just like, you know, I don't care. Like I'm doing this, and you know, and people, you know, it doesn't matter like to me like how much you can lift if if you have to compensate your way to get there. Well, I learned something from you, Justin, watching you because you have such a, a beautiful overhead press. 
for those of you that don't, uh, I, I don't know if you posted any videos of yourself doing overhead press, but you watch mm. Justin do an overhead press, and it's wonderful. He's got great shoulder mobility, scapular drops, arm comes up, it's slightly behind his head. So uh, we worked out a while ago at uh, you know where you train, mm-hmm. and um, so what I've done is I've I've gone lighter and I've just focused on uh, more range of motion. So I come down lower with the weight, I come up higher with the weight, and I bring my arm behind me and focus on that real tall mm-hmm. kind of position. Because in the past I would press it up, but I wouldn't hold it at the top. I press it up and bring it down because I couldn't stabilize it at the top. Mm. Now I feel like I can get any weight. Hold it up in that top position and support it. Yeah, and it's because it it took me time, but I focused on 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 that you know particular portion of the of the rep. And I'll tell you what, for a long time, I moved away from perfecting the technique of exercise and perfecting how my body moves, and I focused more on supplements and diet and mm-hmm. you know other aspects of, of programming. When that's like the that's one of the most important. That's one of the most important. That's se- funny because I was probably exact opposite. I really had to come back and revisit nutrition because oh, yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that like I knew like okay, there, there's part of my programming where you know I'm I'm just not I'm not addressing every issue. I know there's people that like really want to see you know this their their body and get response and results that they want to see. And I'm like I got to get better at nutrition, and so that I like I hired on a nutritionist and then. I followed her around it forever. And then I hired on a personal chef and then just, just me doing day to day to day stuff with them, like picked up so much more. And then I got a nutrition certification, you know, and then, you know, I, but it's, I addressed it. I'm like, look like this, I know this was a hole. And and then I tried to, tried to make that, you know, a strong point. So it took a long time, but it, it, there it was, you well, know, could you imagine how much uh, stronger people would be in the gym and how much better, their results would be if they made correcting imbalances part of their normal programming, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. you know, part of their training, knowing, uh, you know, okay, I, I'm feeling a little bit, you know, this with my shoulder. I'm going to, you know, this week I'm going to work on external rotation. I'm going to work on bringing my shoulder blades back or, you know, I'm going to focus on this portion of my squat. You would see such, people would see such better results. And I think we get so focused on the aesthetic, just mm-hmm. like Adam was saying, that we forget that that plays a role in the aesthetic. Yeah. Like if you if you work on those things and you are constantly focused on maximizing your mobility and your in your performance, um, you're going to look better. Mm-hmm. You're just going to re- you're going to respond and look much better. And so. it's interesting the movement now. Like I I see it already starting uh, as far as people getting further into fitness and progression. And um, you always you always see it when you when you look at professional athletes and the trends. And the trends are all about movement and quality of movement and establishing these really intricate, interesting movement abilities, because now, you know, I have so much more, uh, skills, like I have more skill set to pull from, uh, that my body is capable of Mm. not limited. Adam, when you switch to, you know, you've been doing mass performance now for how long? Um, on week four or five, week four or five. What have you noticed, aside from in the gym, like what about everyday life? Have you noticed any differences in how you move? And you know, oh, I, there's feel? a lot of stuff going on with me right now, um, for sure. I mean, I've, the hardest part to deal with um, is, you know, is saying exactly what we're saying. I mean, we preach it all day long, but trust me, it's just as difficult for us, I feel like sometimes, and for me at least, I can speak for myself, um, to, I miss, I miss building for aesthetics. You know, right, I right, do. Right. I miss that. Um so I, I have to I have to learn to fall in love with the other things that I enjoy about mobility, you know. And I do. I have uh, energy levels are up. My flexibility uh, aches that I were I was having before is gone. You know, things like that. Or I just feel uh, I feel much better. I feel like my body is at, at at its size and where it wants to be naturally, and it doesn't feel like I'm fighting it to be here. It feels very comfortable. The amount I eat right now, the way I move. Everything about it, and every day, every day that I work out, I feel like it's improving and getting better. And so, I'm I'm learning to love that process and enjoy it. Now, the hard part is, you know, my strengths, my my PRs are all everything's down right now, and all all my stuff because I've been I've also been reducing body fat at the same time and size. And like I said, it's no longer the priority. The priority now, and it's just bottom line. I know that my body has a harder time with that much muscle mass on it when I'm walking around at 230 versus when I'm walking around 210. It's a lot more comfortable for my body. 
So, you know, I knew that I needed to come down if I was going to, because I care about form and technique. And if I was going to take a lot of these movements that we have in there for mobility through full range of motion and be able to, to do them, I knew I knew I had to come down. So now, interesting you say that because I, uh, I've seen some of your lifts now and your pound for pound strength is better. Well, yeah. Okay. I know you always, I mean, you're, I saw, I mean, you you're, always, you're still squatting 405. Sal, Sal always likes to do that to make me feel better about myself. No, it's because, not about feeling better. It's about if ideally speaking, uh, if you could have a better pound for pound strength, you're better off. Yeah. Always. Well, that's you're right. I'm not losing muscle in a sense. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm definitely not. Lo- I'm not losing muscle. I'm losing size, though. Period. You mm-hmm. know, and that's and uh, because I'm not losing muscle and I'm, I'm mainly losing body fat, it still gets in my head a little bit. I like to be the fuller guy. I was the right. the, the thin kid growing up my whole life. So, you know, the point is, I want to be real with everybody and let them know that this is a challenge for me. It's not like. I'm going through performance and it's like, this is totally my personality and what I like to do. No, it's out of my, it's out of my comfort zone. It's not my favorite thing to do, but for me, it's important. It's important. And it's, and before I got into competing, I would naturally throw this type of training into my routines all the time. I just didn't program design and focus the way we have done this now with math performance. And now I've realized, and because for the first time in my life, I've never stuck and you guys talked about how Justin said nutrition was his big thing. And you were talking about really getting into form and technique. Well, I've all, I've been, especially since competing, I've been dialed nutritionally. Like I've been very, very, very anal about that. I've always been the guy who is critique. I'm like super form guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I haven't been is super detailed about program design because I was also the guy who was, you go in and just everything. Yeah. And I feel my body and I just do everything. And, and I've always done that as a trainer. Well, then when I switched gears over to, competing and and aesthetic aesthetic driven well my my mindset i had to program design that now was like now was like looking at my body assessing weaker points and saying okay the way i'm going to program design this is i need to bring bring my shoulders up i need to bring my legs up i need to do this and i can let go of this a little bit and that became a priority well i did that for two years pretty consistently you know competing and boy it took a toll it took a major toll on my body and now you know, the things that I'm loving about mobility is getting that feeling back. I feel like I can go play ball again. Like I, you asked me two months ago, you know, hey, you want to play play a game of ball? Like I'd be kind of scared. Like I uh, probably would hurt something or tear something. <laughs> I feel that way, you know, where now I don't. I already just already four or five weeks in. I already feel like we could run up and down the court and I could be my old self again. And I'm excited to improve on that right now, which is cool because I'm not even halfway through the journey of performance and I already seen the progress, and I'm going like, okay, cool. By the end of this, when I hit that final phase of this, I'm going to be feeling feeling really good. I may not be the biggest I've ever been. I may not be the strongest I've ever been, but I'm, I know I'm going to feel yeah, really overall. Good. You'll be oh yeah, overall right? I'm going to feel great. Yeah. yeah, I know for myself, um, you know, because now I've been incorporating a lot of those, a lot of the concepts that we put in mass performance. I personally, and it's interesting, I didn't realize that this would be the case. I should have known because I've always been kind of strength oriented, where I like to, you know, perform. Uh, I'm having more fun. My workouts are way more fun now. You know, I the the fun nice. about lifting weights for aesthetics is the pump. Mm-hmm. Really, that's the fun about it. Oh, I got a good pump. The fun about the workouts now is the workout. Yeah, yeah. it's like a game, man. Yeah, like I'm in there. Oh man, yeah, I'm throwing. Yeah. You know, I'm. I, they got the thing. You know, now they got the rubber plates over at Gold's, which is great. And I mean, you know, I'm I'm cleaning and I'm oh, so pressing. They got, they, they got they got the. That. Oh, it's oh, great, man. dude. And I'm I'm doing pull ups and I'm using the, the. They have these rock climbing grips that I'm using uh-huh. and I'm doing all these different things on the bars. And I'm just playing, man. I'm fucking having fun again. And it's right. funny. My old buddy, a friend of mine, I ran into at Gold's uh, yesterday. And I haven't seen him in a long time. And as a matter of fact, if you look at me right now, uh, you would think, I, I don't necessarily look different. I actually feel like I look a little more dense. But he saw me and he's like, man, you look like a mixed martial artist right now. And it's because of the way I think of the way I'm training and the way I'm moving in the gym is very different. I'm not walking around trying to just get a pump. Um, and I'm kind of falling in love with it a little bit, Justin. Yeah. I think I might be uh, yeah, yeah. move on to your side of there, buddy. Sorry, Adam. Uh, get mean, get green. Yeah, I won't lie. I, I I miss I miss the other side. And I, but you know what? I I understand the necessity of it, and I think that's the point I want to get across. Everybody is. I mean, ideally, someone should go from camp to camp, right? Yeah. If you're working out long term, of course. Ideally, you should be able to go from. And this is why we have a lot of people doing MAPS anabolic, going to MAPS performance. Yep. Then they go back to anabolic. You know, it's awesome. Well, and this is why, too, CrossFit appeals to a lot of people because they, they kind of see that and they think that. The only problem is that that's not how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but they they get it, and and, I, and a lot of uh, smart buddies of ours that are trainers. I mean, that's their argument. Like, oh, you row one day, you run, you run a mile another day, mm-hmm. you clean another day. Like, you're moving, but it's like it's so chaotic that it's not organized, that it's not the the way you want to train the body for optimal performance in any of those things. 
but there is something to say about doing something different and and moving in different planes and keeping the keeping the body challenged that way. But there's you should do it by st- and, structure. And the other sure. thing too is incorporating mobility focused work, which we're talking about muscle imbalances, right? This episode's about that, but mm. uh, mobility is, is is about preventing imbalances. Oh, we didn't even touch on that. To, uh, dynamic flexibility has changed the game for me. Well, a hundred percent. I just started doing it. I haven't foam rolled since, but uh, foam rolling has its has its place. Uh, but mobility training, specifically going into the gym and thinking in terms of mobility, mm-hmm. it's a different intent. Life, yeah. For me, life changing. I've been doing this for decades. I've been working out more than most people have. I've been doing it since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It's been For me, it's been uh, earth-shattering. Because now I go to the gym with the, with the idea of, I'm going to work on mobility. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? What does it's that mean? It's not just, I'm going to stretch for a little bit, and then, you know, I'm, I'll get into a real workout. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's always been the ego thing is... Is stretching is 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 an afterthought, and really, it's not that we're stretching. Like especially with these dynamic warm ups, like we're providing new ways for the body to move uh, by opening you up, right. you know, fluidly, the capacity to to actually produce these movements, and then we strengthen those movements. You know, the other days. So yeah, it's just it's just keeping care of your body. It's keeping a well oiled machine. It's it's. It's like reestablishing like the right way for you for your alignment uh, uh, for everything to work together and, and be in the optimal length tension like everything. Uh, the, the other great component to that is now we're addressing aches, pains. Uh, we're, we're being preemptive about it. We're, we're addressing it, you know, as we're also lifting heavy and we're still doing that stuff. I would say if you're listening right now, um, if you incorporated just one day a week of mobility slash uh, corrective exercise uh, as in part of your routine, you will be blown away at mm-hmm. your progress. You'll be blown away at, the, at the, how much more muscle you'll be able to build, how much more effortless it will feel, and how much better you'll feel if you yeah. just did one day a week of that kind of stuff. That's that's one of the thing, the, the takeaways. Um, and then for, for the people on the forum, you guys know you can always ask us questions on there in terms of how to correct particular muscle imbalances. And if you're not on the forum, you can check it out, mindpumpmedia.com. $27 gives you lifetime access, and then you can ask those types of questions. Yeah, uh, You can find us on social social media at Mind Pump Radio. That's on Instagram. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal. You can find Adam at Mind Pump Adam. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. And please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. You may get a shirt. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump.